Just thinking about the idea of aggressively not getting something. Now that I say it out loud, it could have a couple different meanings, but how I'm thinking of it here is when someone doesn't understand something or doesn't get something, when they have an aggressive response. It, it brings back this memory of, uh, I was working at a job and this coworker invited me to a get together at his house. A small group of coworkers and the host's friends, just a, a small gathering. Enough to call it a party, but a gathering. And I went and just, you know, started drinking a beer. And at one point, the group of people were talking. Like, it was fun conversation. You know, it was a little bit awkward, but it was overall pretty fun. And people were telling stories about, I guess, revenge pranks. Someone had a story about a revenge prank, and some, someone else had a story about a revenge prank. That's a good topic, you know? I mean, at a party, telling stories about revenge pranks, good topic. Um, but somebody told a story, I don't know if it was something they heard or if it was somebody they knew, but they told a story about a couple who broke up, and I think the girl moved out, and before she moved out, I feel like there was more context, like, oh, he cheated on her. So she moved out, and you know, before she moved out, she sewed shrimp into the bottom of a curtain. It was like a screen door curtain. And she sewed shrimp into the bottom of it. So that, you know, I don't know, days, a week after she moved out, her ex-boyfriend's apartment smelled just like rotting shrimp, and it was difficult to find the source. And everyone, everyone at the party was like, oh, man, that's gross. And I was like, yeah, you know, you should actually be killed for that. And it was like a record scratch. Everybody, everybody just stopped laughing and they just turned and looked at me. Not everybody. Several people. And they're like, no, you shouldn't. Like, oh, my God. Like, somebody shouldn't be killed for sewing shrimp into a curtain. Like, they, they got really serious on me. And it's like, I was kidding. Like, it was a story about, it was just, the point is, it's disgusting. You know, you don't even, I don't even need to explain my comment. It's just, oh, that's a really disgusting, awful thing to do. Like, something about shrimp in particular. You know, it's not like, oh, she sewed rotting meat. She, she sewed chicken. Strips of raw chicken, which is disgusting too, but there's something about the visual of shrimp, like these little curled shrimp being sewn into the fabric of a curtain. A little secret left to rot. To rot. Um, but, you know, it's just a, it's, it's very disgusting, and there's something so specific about it. There's something so specifically disgusting about sewing shrimp into a curtain as a revenge prank. But my comment, you know, I don't, the funniest joke I've ever, you guys, you guys didn't get the most funny joke I've ever made. It's not like saying, oh, someone should be killed for that. It's not like that's a, that funny. Like it really, that, my comment, it shouldn't even have been thought about it at all. Like the conversation should have continued on. Two seconds later, nobody's even thinking about what I said. You know, oh yeah, that, 
that's so insane, someone should be killed for it. You should be executed for that crime. Oh, you should, you should be killed for that. But it was just so weird how, like, I'd say three or four people just turned on me. And I didn't know these people very well. And for me, it was just like, oh, you guys suck. Oh, I get it now. I get it. You guys suck. You guys suck. That's what it told me. I was like, oh, these people suck. Like I said, I didn't expect my comment to have them howling and laughing. Oh, dude, that's fuck. Dude, this guy's fucking funny, dude. Dude, this guy's so funny. He said you should be killed for that year. Not like I was that proud of it either. That's the thing. It, it, it's an entirely, it's a throwaway comment. Just banter. It's just like, oh, yeah, you should be killed for that. Do you actually think, they, they seriously were like, do you actually think someone should be murdered for that? Like, it's fucked up. Like, it'd be funny if they were just doing that ironically. It'd be funny if, like, they were doing a parody of that. that I would, those people wouldn't have sucked. If they were doing that as, like, a parody or as, like, some sort of, like, uh, just fucking with me, just fucking with me. If they were doing that just to mess with me and it was, they were trying to be funny by doing that, like, oh, you really think you should be murdered for that? No, they, nobody should ever be killed for that. Like, if they were pulling a fast one on me, that would have been great. I would have loved it. I would have liked being around these people. But it wasn't. They just decided to moralize right there. They decided to take my comment very literally. Like, I don't even know if they... It's, it's one of those moments where... Did they not think I was joking? And I, I've run into that a lot. Because I don't say outlandish or shocking things around groups of people or in public very much. You know, I like to make jokes, I like to make comments, but I don't say anything that shocking. But every now and again it happens where somebody simply takes what I say literally or very seriously. And this is one of those moments because it's like, oh, you, you guys can just find what I said not funny. And we'll all forget about it in two seconds. But did you not know that I was just throwing a little line? I was throwing a line out there. Oh yeah, sewing some sewing shrimp into somebody's curtains. So they have little rotting shrimp smelling up their house. Oh yeah, you should be killed. You should probably be killed for that. Did you hear what he said? He thinks, dude, he thinks someone should be killed for that. Dude, no. No. But that's a form of aggressively not getting it. And like I said, not the wittiest joke in the world. Not, nothing witty about it at all. But they apparently didn't get it. And they were aggressive about it. And that's just sort of like a moral not getting it. Like that's, that's like not understanding somebody's intention and moralizing about it. But there's also the other form, which is just when someone like just says, I don't get it. Like if you make a joke and someone's like, I don't get it. People can be aggressive about that. Like, no, no, explain it to me. Or they're offended that you said something they don't understand. That's a type of person. There's a sort of person who, if you say something that isn't in their, it's not a point of reference to them, they get deeply hurt. It plays into what I've talked about about lying. 
the times in my life where I lied. And the main times I can think about actually lying, like growing up, saying you'd seen a movie that you hadn't seen because you want to be included in a conversation about that movie. I use the example of at some point when I was probably in fourth or fifth grade, a kid said to me like, oh, you've seen Friday the 13th, right? And I was like, yeah. And it's, it's not that that would have made any substantial difference in my social life to have seen Friday the 13th. But in that moment, a kid was going to tell me something or reference something. And me seeing Friday the 13th was my ticket to like, yes, and? Because if I'd said no, he'd be like, oh, okay. Well, what I was just going to say is like, that, that reminds me of Jason. That, that thing reminds me, doesn't that remind you of Jason? No. But it's like, if you say yes, and, they're going to tell you something. Even though you're lying to get access to this information that doesn't matter, a little kid talking about Friday the 13th, it's like you still want to get that information even though it doesn't mean anything to you because you haven't seen Friday the 13th. People do that with jokes. Like someone tells a joke that you don't understand and there's something inside of you, something very sad and pathetic, but we all do it, that laughs before you even get it. Like especially if you're nervous or in like a high pressure situation, even if it's just like pressure of your own making, like, oh, I'm at the party and I want them to like me. And someone makes a joke that you just truly don't understand. And you're like, <laughs> you know, that, that itself has become a common joke for decades. Like a joke, the joke now is that's the joke. Like how many TV shows and movies have had a character who laughs at a joke and then says, wait, what, can you explain it? You know, it's something we do out of nervousness. It's like, we wanna be connected. We wanna be in the loop. And if we don't get a joke, it's like, you feel like you've done something wrong. Or if you don't understand what someone's talking about, like you feel stupid, you feel like you've done something wrong. Somehow you should be ashamed of that. If you don't get a joke, oh no, man, I don't get the joke. Then you think I'm stupid. So your, your instinct is to kind of go like, <laughs> wait, what? What did what, what'd you say? It's a sweet thing that we do. Like nobody should be ashamed of doing that because we've all done it. Um, it's it's a sweet thing. Like we want to be, uh, we want to be connected. We want to be joined with people. And sometimes if someone doesn't get something, they do the opposite, which is like, they'll just flat out say, like, I don't get it. But they say it like you did something wrong by referencing something they don't understand. And I try to be careful with that. Because I have such niche interests and points of reference that if I'm just truly being myself and I try to talk to normal people or even, even abnormal people, you know, in many cases, like, they're going to think I'm speaking an alien language. And so I'm constantly, and, and not because it's like an advanced alien language, it's just an alien language. It's not because I'm cool. It's not because I'm smart or anything. It's just, I have, I have weird points of reference based on like what I've paid attention to for most of my life. Even just pop culture, you know, music, movies, subject matter, just ideas. 
Like if I just if I just went off of the things that I pay attention to, I'd just be speaking an alien language all the time. So I'm constantly trying to, you know, veer toward people understanding me. But I. Uh, you know, when people don't understand you, like, sometimes they're aggressive about it. Like, if you make a joke and someone doesn't get it, they're like, I don't get it. Like, how dare you? I dare you. And I think that's coming... Hey, baddie. It's horking. Doing a little horking on a Friday night. But I, I think it comes from the same place as the person who just pretends to get it. Like, the person who does the opposite, which is, like, aggressively not getting it. I don't get it. That doesn't make sense. That's also coming from this shame, but it's like it's a defensive maneuver. It's like, oh, instead of being ashamed of the fact that I didn't understand, I'm going to be offended that you said something I don't understand, because how could I not understand something? I'm me. If I don't understand something, if I don't get something, if it doesn't make sense to me, how dare you? Because everything that makes sense, everything there is to understand, would make sense to me, and I would understand it, because I'm me. That's sort of an attitude people take, but it's it's defensive. Um, yeah, aggressively not getting... I mean, you see it sometimes, too, with just being out of touch, or not doing a certain activity. I think an early form of this was like, I don't even own a TV. People make fun of that. But that was a very real thing. I don't watch TV. Like someone brings up a, a TV show that a lot of people watch and someone's response, instead of just being, instead of just kind of shrugging it off. Which is what people, you know, I, I haven't watched TV in a very long time. I haven't regularly watched TV in decades. But when someone brings up a TV show, I just kind of, you know, if it's just like an, an a fleeting comment, I might just like nod, be like, oh. Because sometimes you do that. Like, I talked to, just a minute ago about like laughing at a joke you don't understand because you're insecure about the fact that you don't understand it and you, you want to laugh at it. Like, the script calls for you to laugh at it, but in real life, you don't actually get it. So you laugh anyway, though, because that's what the script calls for and you don't want to not get it. You want to be. You want the mycelium to be connected. You want to connect to another person who's making a joke. But sometimes, like I will pretend to, to get something, or pretend to laugh at something, just because it's polite. Like if someone's like, "Oh, dude, like on Thirty Rock when Bob did," I say, "Oh yeah," because it's polite. Rather than being like, I've never seen 30 Rock. And that's probably an old TV show at this point. But uh, instead of being like, I've, I don't get it. I've never seen 30 Rock. You just go, because uh -huh. it's not going to matter 10 minutes later. It's not going to matter two seconds later. It's not like for the rest of eternity, that person who referenced 30 Rock is going to bring up 30 Rock. Although that happens. You got to be careful what you lie about. It's kind of like saying you like food that you don't like like if your significant other is like you know I, I made you you know chicken ravioli 
and you eat it and you're like, oh, that was fucking awesome. Oh, dude, that was fucking good. That was so fucking good. You know, and then your wife's like, guess what I made you tomorrow night and the night after. Every week, we're going to have chicken ravioli night. I was like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have pretended to like it, but I was trying to be polite. Or maybe you do like it, but you don't want chicken ravioli all the time. That happens. Oh, this this was actually really good. This chicken ravioli, I don't know why that's my example, but um, this chicken ravioli was actually really good. really liked it, and you do. But you might not want it every week. You like a, an occasion, a monthly chicken ravioli to treat once in a while. But too much of it isn't good. But anyway, like that can happen if you, you know, pretend like you've seen something or you pretend like you like something. I was talking about that recently with the guy I worked with at a warehouse. Ginger, glasses, goatee, in his 40s in like 2009. Baggy jean shorts, just a dork. And he found out I liked metal, so he was, oh, we gotta, I'm gonna lend you CDs. He, he lent me some terrible Christian metalcore CD. Like, that's an example of, like, you want to be polite, but you also have to stop this. You have to nip this in the bud. Like, you can't pretend to like that CD because he's going to keep lending you CDs. He's, he's going to want to talk to you about crap you don't like. He's going to make your day worse being at work. If this guy corners you and wants to talk about music you don't like because he thinks that what you like is similar to what... what he likes. Sometimes you just nip it in the bud. Sometimes, like, if you really don't like chicken ravioli, you just got to tell your wife, like, I, actually, you did a great job cooking this, but that's not my thing. But there's a lot of things where, you know, if you just, like, say, aha, yeah. Oh, yeah, that episode of 30 Rock. You know, it's never going to come up again. It's a gamble, though. Every once in a while, there's that person where, like, they just love something, they're obsessed with something. And if you politely humor them about it, they never shut up about it. But, uh... Anyway, aggressively not getting something... Like, yeah, with, with something that I don't do... You know, I, I'm not going to make a scene about it. I'm not going to be aggressive about it. Or if I don't get something... It came up recently where I was talking to some people who were all, I'd say in their late 20s. And someone like, I don't know what we were even talking about, but one of them said like, oh, you know, Akon. And I was like, oh, you know, I know that's a a rapper. But I don't actually, I, I don't actually know. And they're like, you know, you, you know, Akon. And like they, na they like named a song or sang a lyric, and I was like, I, I really don't like. I was like, I know the time period. I know that was in the two thousands, like mid to late two thousands, I would guess. But I was like, was he, was he like the next big white rapper after Eminem? And I don't know who I was imagining. When I said that, I meant it sincerely. Like just in my mind, I was like, oh, was he like? Was he the next big white rapper? Which I don't even know who that would be. I don't even know if there was a next big white rapper after Eminem. But I just threw that out there because I, I really didn't know offhand. And like, oh no. And like, you know, Akon. Because sometimes people like turn the aggression around on you. 
Like, if you don't know what something is, they're like, yeah, you do. Come on, you know, it's this. I know you know. Because I never play that game of pretending not to know things. Some people do once they get a little bit older. Once they kind of age out of pop culture, there's that tendency to be like, I don't know who that is. But you do. Like Miley Cyrus. I don't even know who Miley Cyrus is, okay? There's people who do that. It's like this sort of performative out-of-touchness. But it's a lie. Like, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what Twilight is. I don't even know who Ariana Grande is. And with me, like, I'm, I'm at that point where, like, I don't actually know who these people are. I often don't know what it was that got them famous. Like, if I hear a name, I know the name. I might even know the face. But I don't necessarily know if they're a singer, an actor, an Instagram personality, you know, a TikTok person. I don't know. Like, every once in a while, I'll watch a podcast, and they'll bring on someone young. And I don't know what they, unless they say explicitly, like, I don't know what that person's from. And sometimes, you know, it'll be something like, oh, I... I was watching something. I was watching some podcast and they had a girl who was probably 21. And my assumption was just, oh, she's an actress. But it turned out she was just a girl who got famous for TikTok dances. But she's a household name. And I just don't know. But with some of these people, like, and there's, there's, so, there's too many now to, to remember. Because of the internet being what it is, because of social media fame being a thing unto itself... It's too much. You can't keep track. But there are some names, like, obviously I know who they are. I might not know, I, I might never have seen anything they've done. I might not really know who they are or what they're all about. But I at least know what it is. Um, so, like, I, I'm not going to pretend I don't. Some people do, where it's just like, I don't even know what that is. I know you're saying words but I don't know who Ariana Grande is you know there's people who do that but a lot of times like I just don't know and with the Akon thing it was just like I just genuinely couldn't place him like I totally I knew the name was a rapper who was very big but I don't know anything else beyond that and someone even showed me a picture of him and I didn't recognize it like they showed me a picture of a black man and I didn't go, oh, that's Acorn. That's Acorn. I just saw it and I was like, I still, I don't, I do not recognize him. And I said to these people too, I was like, you know, what you have to understand is like 2004 to 2011 is a total pop culture black hole for me. As far as popular music, movies, I'm not, not saying after that. After that's still a black hole, but 2004 to 2011, for whatever reason, is just a total black hole, which is kind of surprising to me because I was still younger, you know, and, and when you're younger, you are just, even if you're, you try not to be, you're still tapped into what's going on. But I think part of it is that like, one, I was just, I was smoking just so much weed and it's, I'm not saying like that. I forgot it. I'm not saying it's like a, a weed memory thing. I'm just saying like my interests at that point was like I was smoking tons of weed, working heavily on music on different fronts, different fronts of music, getting way deeper into my art, 
you know, just pursuing these other interests, like getting deeper into, you know, the, the music I was into at the time. I was in college and, you know, so it's like school, you know, just my interests, my activities. They're just, it just wasn't even a part of things. And I think another side of that is the the internet was different then. Like I was online and like now I know certain current names, even if I just know the name or the face, I know them because of social media today. Like even using social media semi-regularly, it's gonna introduce you to some of these people. Like you're gonna see a post or a headline that's like, oh, today like said this on TikTok. So, so, so and so said this on Twitter. Oh, people are reacting to what people are reacting to the photo posted on you know there's a lot of that out there and so you absorb an element of who these people are and there's so many controversies and things you know like can you believe that so and so said this or did this you know so you absorb a lot that way and that wasn't really the case with the internet before social media, at least before social media dominated the way it has the last decade, you know, even if you were online a lot, even if you were using early forms of social media, you weren't being exposed to these names at the same rate that you are now. Like at most, it would just be like you log on to Facebook and someone you know would like post a song by a certain artist but you really wouldn't be exposed to them beyond that if you didn't pay attention to pop culture closely, if you didn't follow pop culture. Uh, and then, you know, before things like Facebook, you know, it, you just wouldn't see it at all unless you really sought that kind of thing out. Getting online, you would have gone, you know, the internet was very niche. You got online and you went to highly specific places with highly specific groups of people where you, you were exposed to highly specific information. It was very decentralized. So sort of what I'm talking about here is, you know, the centralization of the internet and just the, the amount of communication that goes on every day. The amount of discussion of people, what people say, what they post. These people themselves are using the internet. You know, back 2004 to 2011, most of these people being discussed weren't themselves online posting things and saying things and then people were online posting things and saying things about them you know that wasn't going on the way it is now so i think i'm exposed to more today even if it's just data like for me it's just data but 2004 to 2011 like unless you were actually watching new movies watching tv reading magazines going to just you know, mainstream websites, you know, that period will be a black hole. Um, and that black hole, I think, is when someone like Akon, Aiken, Clay Akon, yeah, I think that's when he was big. And, then, you know, these people I was talking to are great people. Like, it was a fun conversation about something else, but it was just one of those moments where, like, they couldn't understand that I didn't know who Akon is. I totally recognize the name. I know that I saw that name. I just don't associate it with a face, a sound, or anything. I just know that he was a rapper.
But so does people get that way. Like, if you haven't seen a movie, you haven't seen that? You know, in the Born Identity, I, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen that? You know, people will do that to you. It's like, no. But, uh, you know, you can easily weaponize your ignorance. You can weaponize not getting something, not understanding something, too, which is what I was originally talking about. Just when, uh, you know, I don't have a TV. I don't watch TV. I don't use Facebook. I don't use Facebook. You know, people get that way. It's like something that, taking like a trivial moment and inserting your identity into it. And I, I don't know, I've always hated being in that moment. I've always hated that interaction of when someone aggressively does not get something. It's probably one of my least favorite feelings. One of my least favorite feelings. And that one that I brought up earlier was particularly bad, like the shrimp being sewn into a curtain. Oh, you should you get killed you should get killed for that. What? What do you mean? You think people should actually be killed for that? No, I don't. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you why are you people doing this to me? <laughs> like that, that, that was how I felt. I was like, why are you people doing this to me? Like you guys are sewing shrimp into my curtains right now. That's how I felt. And that, that one was particularly bad. But life is filled with those. Life is filled with little moments where it's like someone doesn't understand, doesn't get something, doesn't want to. Because that's part of it. Someone doesn't want to get something. I don't want to understand what you're saying. I don't want to get it. And by not getting it, by not understanding, I can then turn the tables on you. I actually like that feeling. I might not like what creates it, but I like the feeling when someone thinks they're turning the tables on me. When you detect that, the moment you detect that, oh, they think they're turning the tables on me. You know, it's a debate, it's argument. It's one-upping somebody. Like, oh, you, you thought you turned the table on me? Nope. Nope. And there are people out there who live for that. Like, they live to try... Because for me, it's like... I, I consciously avoid trying to turn the table on people. But there's people who live to do that. There's people who live to, like, catch somebody in that moment where you can, like, contradict what they said throw something back at him. Bet you didn't think of this. What about this? But I myself, I enjoy when like someone thinks, because you get to see what you're made of. Like if you care, if you care, if you're invested, you get to see like, oh, here, here's what I have in return. But if you're not invested, it's like, oh, you just turn the tables for no reason. 
And that's usually my experience. Usually when someone tries to turn the tables on me, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize we were doing this. And you just are like, okay. That's a good way to def make someone feel defeated. Like if someone's the type of person who likes to try to turn the tables on you, a good way to make them feel defeated is to be like, oh, I'm not e I wasn't even playing that with you. Oh, I wasn't even hooked into whatever you're hooked into right now. You just did that on your own for no reason. Good way to make someone feel defeated. Um, I don't know. I feel like I had more to say about aggressively not getting it, but I feel like I made my point. It's just, it's a uniquely human thing. You know, or aggressive, aggressive non-participation is similar. I don't watch football. I know I've mentioned a couple times on here, you know, Super Bowl season, Super Bowl time of year. There's always that person who aggressively doesn't watch the Super Bowl. There was a guy I grew up with, went to school with, and I remember for years on Facebook, Super Bowl Sunday, he'd always post something like, guess who's not watching the Super Bowl today? Guess who's not watching the sports ball super game today? Here's all the fun and awesome things I'm doing instead of watching the Super Bowl. And it's just like, your day still revolves around the Super Bowl. You could have just done, you could have played video games and done whatever it is you're doing today. All this fun you're having that doesn't involve the Super Bowl. You could have done that and not thought about the Super Bowl at all. Because obviously you don't like football. You don't you don't care about the Super Bowl. If you don't care about it, you should just forget about it. It should, it should be the last thing on your mind. But instead, you're doing all this stuff in protest of the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl is so important to you that your day revolves around not watching it. It's what I've said about not drinking. Like not drinking for me... The point is just to forget I forget I don't drink. I hit six years a few weeks ago, the end of November. Six years without drinking. And for me, it was just sort of like, I'm, I'll, I'll never forget the day. Because I remember exactly what was going on in my life in general right then. I remember like who I was spending time with. Like, I remember exactly what I was doing. I remember the date because of that. And I do, I do, it does cross my mind every year. Oh, another year. Cool. But for me, the point of not drinking is to forget I don't drink. I forget I don't drink. It just doesn't come to mind. And when you first quit doing something, you know, because this, this is actually a good tie-in because not drinking easily becomes kind of an aggressive form of not doing something or not getting it, whatever it is. Like someone mentions drinking, it's like, well, I don't drink. Okay. It's good information to share with somebody if they want to get a drink with you. It's important. It only comes up for me these days if someone's talking about getting a drink. I'm just like, oh, well, I don't drink. 
I quit. I usually say I quit drinking. I've mentioned this before. Where like I'd rather people. I don't want them to think that I was some out of control piece of shit. I don't want them to think that I was like on the brink of all the the worst outcomes life has because of alcohol. But I want people to know that I used to drink a lot. Or I used to drink plenty. Maybe maybe they don't need to know how much I drank. But I'd rather people like th- realize like, oh, this guy used to drink, but he doesn't anymore. Rather than I don't drink. I don't want to be perceived as a person who never drank. I don't want to be perceived as someone who was just an out-of-control piece of shit. But I'd rather people know that I drank. Know that I've done all that. But I try to only bring it up. I mean, obviously, sometimes I do. But uh, I try to only bring it up with people if they're talking about getting a drink. It's necessary information. But I... You know, some people, they become very aggressive about not drinking. Well, I don't drink. That's one person's form of recovery. That's fine, whatever. But for me, it's just, uh, oh, yeah, I try... I've tried and I think succeeded to a large degree of just forgetting either way. I forget I don't drink. Works out. I'd rather live that way. Where my life doesn't revolve around it. Because I've known people, I have a friend who joined AA years ago. And this person's life still revolved around drinking. In my opinion, this person didn't even have much of a drinking problem. And who who am I to judge? judge? Everybody's welcome to evaluate their own drinking. It's not up to me whether they had a problem or not. And it's a good thing they quit. You know, it's always a good thing when someone cuts something like that out. But I, you know, it's interesting though how someone can quit doing something and then their life revolves around not doing that. I understand for some people they need to go to meetings, they need to form a social group who's united on that front, not taking anything away from that. But I just know that for me, it absolutely would not work if my life revolved around not drinking and I was aggressive about that straight edge you know the whole straight edge movement I don't know that it was originally that but it certainly became that where it's like we're very aggressive about what we don't do and oftentimes that comes from a place of not understanding it either like I think alcohol rules like I, I had to stop, but I think alcohol is awesome. I think drinking is cool. I think people look cooler with a drink in their hand. I think, I think it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Drinking is very interesting. Um, so uh, I get drinking. I really get it. To this day, I understand it. And yeah, it's it's destructive and dark and deadly. It's the three D's. <laughs> but uh, it's also cool. It's a lot of things. I just don't do it anymore. 
Um, but not doing it, you know, I mean, not doing it, I, I still totally get it. You know, straight edge, you know, and that gets thrown around so broadly. Like, I'm referring to the actual, the actual straight edge movement, you know, in hardcore and all that. I was exposed to that early on in high school. There was a group of straight edge guys in my school. I was friends with a couple of them. I went to a couple shows. I had a friend who was in a straight edge band. Went to a couple shows. I never saw his band, but I, I did go to a couple, like, straight edge hardcore shows. I would see those people out and about. And it always felt like they didn't get it. Like, you wouldn't act that way if you understood the thing that you're fighting against. So you're, you're both aggressively not getting it. You're aggressively not understanding it. But you're also aggressively not doing it. it, it both of those. You're doing both of those annoying things. Um, and uh, you know you can easily get that way about I mean I guess you always see it with people who have stopped doing something that they felt was immoral or negative it's very easy for them to become born again and rally against that thing you, you see it with sinners See with religion. Someone's born again in a spiritual sense and they live their life devoted to attacking the things they used to do, preaching against them. And uh, I don't know, I, I just, I don't really believe in doing that. You still revolve around it. You, don't, you never want to revolve around that thing. You never want to be a moon orbiting the thing you hate or the thing that caused you problems. You can acknowledge that it caused you problems. Alcohol was starting to cause me a lot of problems. I'll never forget that. That's you know, it's partially my motivation for stopping drinking is that oh, this is starting to cause me a lot of problems and they're getting worse. And I, I can see them getting worse if I keep doing this. I'll never forget that. But I don't want to orbit that. I don't, I don't want to orbit my problems. Orbit. I don't want to orbit my problems. Some people might have to. But you, you look at people and you know you realize a lot of people, a lot of people um, do orbit the negative things in their lives. I mean, you see this with atheists. I mean, atheists are a, a perfect version of this in that they both aggressively... Hey, don't bite. Uh, they both aggressively don't understand religion or spirituality. They truly don't. And they sometimes try to say, like, because they're more well-read on it, they're like, I, I know more about the Bible than Christians. I've studied the Bible. I've studied religion more than the religious people. Like, they think of it in terms of, you know, data, data knowledge. But they don't get it. 
you wouldn't have those attitudes and views. And I'm not even saying this for every single atheist, but the average atheist definitely doesn't understand. And by that, I don't even mean in an intellectual sense. Like, they just don't know. They haven't felt those things. They haven't experienced those phenomena. They haven't been forced to interpret them a certain way. And I say forced, like my own relationship to the spiritual is I don't feel like I really had a choice. You know, you just kind of surrender yourself to a, a certain understanding based on what you're experiencing or feeling. But people who are the average atheist, I don't see how that person could have had those experiences and I don't see how they could know. I, don't, I just don't see how they could know and still act the way they do. Not that you need to know, not that you need to be like me, not that you need to view the world the, the, world the way I view it. I wouldn't recommend it. But I don't see how you can act that way or have those views or express yourself the way the average atheist does and actually understand what you're dealing with. It's also a form of aggressively not doing something. You know, a large part of the average atheist's identity, the outspoken average atheist, it revolves around the fact that they aren't religious. And you see this with certain people. Like, I've, I've known a few atheists in my life who were raised in very religious households. And so they'll always, they'll, they'll always get a, a rebel's thrill out of being an atheist. Like, they'll always get something out of that feeling of rebelling against their foundations. You know, they'll always have something to fight against because that stuff was thrown at them so heavily at a young age and they probably rightfully rebelled because I'm sure I would have done the same thing. If I was raised in a really religious household and I didn't agree with it or didn't like the way it was conducted, you know, I probably would have just, as an act of rebellion, just done the opposite. But you can see where some people's views will always be informed by that. Like there are people who will always be rebelling against their parents. But, uh, you know, a lot of atheists, that's what it's all about. Like, even if they weren't raised religious and they are atheists on their own, they, they were never fighting against some sort of religious upbringing or, or even just, you know, living in a Christian society or whatever. Even if they just kind of came to those conclusions on their own, you know, a lot of them, like, revolve around the fact that I'm not a Christian. I'm, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. They still revolve around it, though. You still orbit the thing that you're trying to avoid. And you think just because you're moving, just because you're orbiting, that you're not beholden to it when you're stuck in its orbit. It's a much larger object, and you're a much smaller object orbiting it.
I don't get it. I, I just don't even get it. I want to go back to the being out of touch thing, though. Like, where, like, I genuinely didn't know who Akon is. I knew of his existence, but I, I just didn't know the specifics. But sometimes that becomes a point of pride for someone as they age out of pop culture range. It's like, I don't know. I don't even know who these names are. And I have that experience. You know, I I'll, sometimes I'll see like a list of current celebrities and I truly wouldn't be able to tell you who they are. I don't know what movies they were in. I don't know what music they made. I don't know whether they make movies or music. I don't know if they do neither. I don't know if they're famous for some other random reason because of their Instagram posts, anything. But it's not a point of pride to me. And there, there will always be a part of me that thinks of that stuff as lesser. Like, I'll readily admit that when I see a list of, like, 22-year-old 20, celebrities today, you know, they might as well be AI-generated. What it reminds me of is when I used to play Football Mogul. It was a video game I've spoken about on here over the years. I don't even, you can't even call it a video game. It was a computer program. And all it was, it was created by this guy named Clay. He created Baseball Mogul. And then he created Football Mogul. And all you do is manage the team. You pick a team. You manage, like, who the team drafts, who they sign, who they trade. You manage their budget. In football mogul, it gets very specific. Like you can decide how much food costs at the stadium. Things like that. It gets really specific. But you just manage a team. You just coach a team behind the scenes. You're not even really the coach. You're more like a the, uh, the general manager. And then you simulate the games. If you want, you can go it, in this game. It's it's not like a video game, video game. Like the whole game, you you're staring at a spreadsheet basically. You never actually see players on a football field. And the way I would play is I would just simulate the game. So like I build the team I want to build. I make the off season maneuvers I want to make, and then when it comes to the season, it tells you who you're playing, and then you just click simulate. And five seconds later, it tells you who won the game. And who won the game is influenced by the team you've built. It's random, but it, it, it's it's informed by the team you've built. Like, if you've built a really unstoppable team, you will win every game. You will win most games. But the score and the outcome is general. You might lose that game, too. You know, your players get injured during the game, even during the simulation that you are not directly part of. You just clicked a button and wait five seconds and it tells you the outcome. Your players get injured. All kinds of things can happen. Um, there is a way where you can actually like play the game and all you do, you never see a football field. You just choose the plays. It tells you what happened during the play. You choose the next play, tells you what happened. It's all just, it's like staring at a spreadsheet. And I originally got into that through Madden because Madden had franchise mode where you you know, were head of a team 
And then uh, you did all of that off-season management. You you did all the general management of the team. And then Madden had it so that you could simulate games without playing them too. And so I would do that all the time. And then like eventually I found out that, oh no, they make a, like some autistic guy made an actual computer game like this. You just download it to your computer and you're just looking at names on a spreadsheet and clicking a couple buttons. But anyway, point being, you know, you can play that game for 30 seasons if you want. You can play it for 100 seasons. And when it starts out, you're, there's real players in the game. Like the players on the teams are the real players in the NFL. But each year, it auto-generates fake guys in the draft. So the players coming out of college are all just auto-generated fake people. And so you play the game for 10 seasons... And it's at the end of ten seasons, you know, some of the some of the real players have retired. So it's like teams are gonna be a mix of fake players and real players. But there was one time where I, I think I was just taking edibles, smoking a lot of weed, and I played the game I probably sat there for eight hours. And in my head I would build this lore. Like, oh, I'm this new coach out of college. This team picked me up. Like, I've got to build this team and make them successful. I've got to develop this legacy. You know, I had this this image in my mind. You know, even though this game is just, you're just looking at text. You're looking at spreadsheets. Like, in my mind, I built this whole fantasy of the type of coach I was, the kind of team I was building, the struggles. The redemption. But I played it one time for like 25 seasons in one night. And by the time I got to the end, all of the players were fake. All of them were guys who had been drafted after, you know, they'd been drafted over time. So they were all just auto-generated by the system. And I remember looking through the, the teams and just getting extremely depressed. I was like, I've just been sitting here in, in the dark on my computer. And I've watched basically a lifetime go by. And I don't, I, now I don't know who any of these players are. None of these are real players. And I get that sort of feeling sometimes with current celebrities. Where like I'll see a list of current celebrities and it, it really it feels like they were just generated by AI. These are just fake names, fake people that have just been generated out. And I don't even say that as an insult. I'm not even insulting these people. It's just this feeling of detachment. But I try not to be that old guy who's like, I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who Ariana Grande is. You know, and she's been big for years. She's, she's a really big name. I just can't think of who the younger people are. They're not in my head like that. Their, their names are forgettable to me because I, I just don't know what they are. I don't know what the significance is. But I also realize that's just kind of how things go. I don't care that I'm out of touch with it. And I don't care that some people are in touch with it. I don't value it. I don't value, especially in today's age when this so much of this is digital. You know, some of these people are famous for having 1.4 million followers on such and such platform it all seems way more expendable 
than it ever did to me before. But I also recognize my position where it's like I, I am just somebody who's not in touch. And I'm not proud of that. You know, I'd rather it not even come up in conversation. I don't want to be aggressively out of touch. I like the things I pay attention to. I don't care about the things I don't pay attention to. If I did care about them, I would pay attention to them. But people will call your bluff if you're out of touch, too. That's always a weird thing. Like, if you're out of touch with something that's just that other people just take for granted, they'll be aggressive. Like, no, I know you know. I know you've seen it. I know you know who that is. And it's like, I, I just don't. But when people do that, it's interesting because, like, they know what they're communicating is they know people lie about that kind of thing. I don't know who Miley Cyrus is. You know, they they know that people lie about that. So they're kind of like calling your bluff because they know that people lie about that. People are so smart. They really are. People are very aware of what other people do. I wonder if people are smarter now. You know, because I'm continually surprised. Like, people are obnoxious. People focus on stupid things. People get emotional about ridiculous things. But they seem pretty smart to me. And I, I know I always say that on here. Like, that I just don't understand the view. Like, people are dumb. Because I, I notice that people notice things about other people. And I evaluate intelligence largely on that. Like, if you're aware of why people are doing what they're doing, or you just notice, you notice people doing certain things, if, you, if, you, if you're capable of recognizing patterns in other people, you're pretty sharp. And a lot of people are sharp in that way. They get distracted, you know, it's... Their priorities are out of whack. But they notice those things. Aggressively not getting it. Aggressively not understanding you. An aggressive misunderstanding. Children can run free.